Welcome to another of the Retire Notes podcast series. I'm Bruce Manners, the author of Retirement Ready and founder of the RetireNotes.com website. I'm in conversation with Deanna Pitchford, clinical psychologist and lecturer at Avondale University College. Thanks for being with us, Deanna. It's my great pleasure. Thank you, Bruce, for asking me. Okay, we're talking about sleep today. And I guess the big question is, why is sleep so important? What does it do for us? It seems to me that the research is becoming more and more clear about the importance of sleep and the need for sleep and the need for enough sleep. Mm -hmm. And we have good evidence to show that sleep is important not only for our physical health, but also for our mental health. And it may even have implications for us as we age because it can affect that process of aging and, in fact, can be one of the precursors to dementia. Oh, really? It's that serious? It's that serious. It is is really coming to the notice that it's just a very vital aspect of our living is the fact that we need to sleep often. Yes. And we need to sleep well enough. We need to sleep deeply enough. Okay. So how many hours of sleep do we need? We used to in the 1910 or so, we used to get to the beginning of the last century, we used to get about nine hours sleep a night. And that by the 1970s, 1975, dropped down to about seven and a half hours, they say. Okay. And the need seems to be for about eight hours, eight to nine hours of sleep a night. And this is sometimes difficult to achieve, I think, especially for people who have small children, people who have busy lives. But that would be the ideal. That would be probably what we could and should strive for. Does it change for individuals? Some need more, some need less? Some people think that they need very little sleep. Mm-hmm. And it's probably a case of where they've conditioned themselves to become used to very little sleep. Yes. But there doesn't seem to be much evidence for the fact that there are some people that are able to sleep much less than others. Most people would do well on eight to nine hours sleep. Let's say seven to nine hours sleep a night. Sure. Which does leave a little bit of latitude for personal preference or choice. Yes. You mentioned some of the downsides. Are there more downsides? I mean, I stopped at Alzheimer's. I thought, wow, that's pretty heavy. Yeah, there are many, many downsides to not having enough sleep. As I mentioned to you earlier, it's not just physical, although there are some very measurable physical changes that happen when people do not sleep enough. For example, there are dramatic changes in glucose tolerance levels okay, and also in the operation of hormonal systems. So it is something that... They say that if you don't sleep enough, even cutting down, say, from eight hours to four hours for less than a week, the effects on your body are similar to the effects of advanced aging. So there is a definite link between sleep or lack of sleep and aging and not doing well. So age-related ailments such as diabetes and hypertension and high blood pressure, obesity and memory loss, all of those, you may be young, but if you're not getting enough sleep, you are putting yourself in harm's way for all of those conditions and ailments and diseases. So it's very important for the body. Can you reverse this if you sleep more? I would imagine you could. I don't think it would be ethical to do studies where they would put people through times of sleep deprivation and then give them more sleep and measure. I don't think you'd ever get ethics approval for something like that. Yeah, not ethical, but would be interesting, yes. (laughs) It would be interesting, but not ethical, no. So I would imagine that you 
can reverse some of those things. We know that lack of sleep is connected to obesity as well. And then if you if you have sleeping problems and you can get those under control, yes. then it does help with controlling your weight. And it has to do, I think, with the glucose tolerance levels and, and insulin resistance and all those kinds of things. I'm not a medical expert, as you know, but from what I've read, it has an effect on all of those systems in the body. Okay. So what are the kind of things that lead to poor sleep? It depends on your stage of life, but people are often too busy. Yes. And they think that the one thing that they can safely shortchange themselves on is sleep. And they do that with exercise as well. I think those are the first two things that go when we are under stress and pressure and we've got things and deadlines to meet and things to do. Sure. We think, well, we can just sleep less. We can just let the exercise go. But both of those things are very, very important. So busyness, busyness leads to poor quality sleep, being too overcommitted maybe. Sure. And thinking that that's the one thing you can leave, safely leave behind, but it's not. The other thing that I think very often interferes with sleep would be stress. Mm -hmm. People feeling stressed. Stress can be either work-related stress or relationship-related stress. I think for women in particular, when there are difficulties within close relationships or you are worried about your children, for example, or friends, those kinds of worries and concerns can impact your stress. Yeah. And those are the kinds of things that I think are important to sort out when you're finding that you're not able to sleep. The other thing, of course, that interferes with sleep these days very pertinently is the use of technology before bedtime. Okay. That blue light from the phone screen or the computer screen or the tablet screen, that can interfere with the production of melatonin in the brain. So we have this wonderful rhythm, really, where our bodies put us into wake-up mode when the sun comes up. Sure. And if we don't interfere with it, it will put us into, like, sleepy mode. Again, as the sun sets and darkness descends, that would be the natural rhythm, our natural rhythm. But we've interfered with that to a large extent because we have bright lights in our homes. Sure. In the evenings, we keep going with television and computers and phones, etc., And that certainly has an impact. So some people seem to be more sensitive to this than others. Yes. So for some people, it's probably best not to engage in any kind of computer watching or any screen activity for a few hours before they plan to go to sleep. Okay. Other people seem to have no problem with it, but it has a noticeable effect on the production of melatonin within the brain. And the melatonin is what actually puts you to sleep. So the melatonin rises as the day wears on your level of melatonin in your brain increases and that will naturally send you into sleep sort of in the early evenings, early evening hours. And I'm guessing you can't take a melatonin tablet. You could. Oh, you can. Okay. You can take melatonin tablets. You do have to get those on prescription and you can get them, for example, if you're traveling, that can certainly help with jet lag and get you back into the rhythm of, of sleeping. But because it's a natural process that occurs in the brain, if we don't interfere with it too much, it is something that we should just let it happen and not put anything in its way. Yes. So are there techniques you can follow to help you go to sleep? Yes, there certainly are. Under techniques, maybe I can just also mention that some people are very sensitive to caffeine. Yes. And that caffeine could also keep you awake at night. Sure. So some people know that they can't have coffee late in the day or perhaps even after lunchtime they can't have some people can't have coffee at all 
and chocolate can also have the same effect. So there are certain chemicals in our diet which could impact our sleep as well. So it's well worth looking into and just giving it a trial. If you're struggling to fall asleep or struggling to stay asleep, perhaps try changing your caffeine intake and see whether that makes a difference. Okay, so stop drinking coffee, for instance, toward the evening. Yes, yes. Okay. Talking about staying asleep, I find personally sometimes my head switches on in the middle of the night with a project I'm working on or something. Are there any ways that I can stop that or quickly talk myself into going back to sleep, work myself into (laughs) going back to sleep? I'm not sure how to explain it even. Yes, that is a common complaint, especially for people who are busy with life and have lots of things on their mind. That can be a problem during the night. A few things that you could do there. Please. You could keep a little pad, pen and paper next to your bed. Sure. And sometimes it helps when you find yourself tossing and turning. Sometimes it helps to actually wake up properly because often when you toss and turn, you're kind of on the borders of sleep but not quite asleep. Mm. And it can be quite frustrating because you really want to sleep but you can't. So sometimes it helps to get up and go and have maybe some hot milk or something like that. Or just sit up in bed and to take that pen and paper and to write down the things that your mind is telling you needs to be done. And often when you've written down those things that you want to remember or that you feel need to be done or issues that need attention, your mind can kind of, you can reassure yourself and say to yourself, well, I've written this down. I'm not going to forget it. I can now put it away. Sure. And I personally find that if I have a good book to read, something that is not too exciting, something that is okay. likely to put me to sleep, that <laughs> helps as well. <laughs> so go to the library and get a boring book, hey? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, hey yeah. do, do sleeping patterns change as we get older? They certainly do. Okay. Older people probably find that they sleep less, that they're awake more often during the night. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be something that possibly has something to do with our hormonal levels and also maybe just with our changes in activity level. Sure. So a good exercise routine is important to sleep well, but you don't want to do that exercise just before you go to sleep. So you don't want to be, your body doesn't want to be all charged up just before you go to sleep. But sometime during the day, if you've gotten in a bit of exercise during the day, you're likely to sleep better at night as well. Okay. If sleeping's a problem, where do you go for help? Your first port of call, I think, would be to go and see your GP. Okay, yes. Just have a good physical checkup, check that there's nothing else the matter, something else that might be causing you not to sleep well. I would, if at all possible, steer clear of the sleeping tablets that are often just prescribed for people. Okay. Sometimes you need those. Sometimes you do need some chemical help to actually help you over a really tough time, maybe after a great loss in your life or there's been some trauma, but it's not a good idea to stay on those long term. Okay. Uh, There is signs now that the use of those can affect your cognitive ability as you get older. So most GPs will not give you long-term prescriptions for those So you're not saying if your doctor has prescribed it, don't do it. You're saying follow (laughs) the doctor's advice. Follow doctor's advice, certainly. And as I said, getting a good physical check is probably the first port of call. If there are great stresses in your life in terms of relationships, etc., then maybe seeking some help with counselling would be a good idea as well to help you get a handle on whatever it is that's distressing you or causing you to not sleep. Sure. 
Hey, thank you for this. Can you just give a brief summary of what you think is important about sleep? If I had to say what I think is most important about sleep, I would say the fact that we are beginning to see that it is a very important part of our living, really. It seems paradoxical, but your sleep can affect your longevity, it can affect your quality of life, and it certainly is something that we deserve to pay attention to. It's important. That should be the bottom line, just to say sleep is important. Important for your physical health, but also for your brain health. Okay, thanks, Deanna. I've been talking to Deanna Pitchford, clinical psychologist and lecturer at Avondale University College. And thanks to you for listening to this retirenotes.com podcast.